like relate this, like the techniques that are involved in this and how they really still apply to a diver today. And well, it's, uh, it's the focus here is practicing right? yeah. and uh, realizing that if you don't practice it, it's probably going to go to Yeah, even, and, even if you're not buddy breathing, whatever it is you're doing, right, so the air share itself is going to go to shit. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Were there ever uh, divers? Come up to the island in Gilligan's Island. Get a lot of people. For being such a deserted island, there's a lot of people. Celebrities. When the Harlem Globetrotters show up to your deserted island, you know, you know it's right in navigable waters. Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. Two days only. Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna go. Let's go back in time today. Okay, let's do that. To the time when <laughs> things were groovy, man. <laughs> that, it, that to me it was, I should have been born like ten years prior, because like, that uh, is like, the essence of my. Like I want you to feel what I'm talking about, man. I can dig it, man. All right, so let's. What do you say, man? How about how I many we go back to the '60s, man? Let's do it, do this, yeah, dude. All right, so this is um, so let's let's get back to a fun one, like because uh, yeah, you know, well, we don't want to be all all serious, serious all the time. Diving is there's we gotta, fun we gotta, involved. Yeah, we got to get back to the fun stuff. So I found this old article from Skin Diver magazine, the old classic Skin Diver, which back was in the day, yeah, for uh, for the. Newer divers out there. Skin Diver was the. the the magazine throughout the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and and kind of uh, I don't remember exactly when they kind of finally folded. When the it was, market it was early, it was early two thousands. Yeah, when the market flooded exactly. with uh, the real traveling magazines, the Rodales. Well, the Rodales was around uh, from the like the early nineties. I know, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. is the market fl- got flooded, and then you had. You had Sport Diver. You had... Well, then everybody started coming out with That's what I mean. The market got flooded, and they were basically travel magazines. They were a travel advertisement magazine. So Skin Diver, which was about diving more than anything else, and had a few travel pieces, was pushed to the side because this is the demise of diving. This is what I'm talking about. When it became this scuba diving became a... a, a, I know. You were like, what the you're going off on a rant again, but scuba diving became just a tool for for travel agents to work with. That's why the travel agents are the scourge. Well, it's funny because I just showed you that old dive club yeah. roster. Yeah, and, and, the, and all and the schedule, local diving. Holy, right? I mean, uh, holy. so that was from '78, 
you know, just mm-hmm. in that old box of stuff that uh, got dropped off the shop from an old diver, an old relative of an a diver who uh, just diver. is too old to dive anymore. Yeah, looking at his logbook, the guy. I mean, these guys the guy were doing, dived. Yeah, yeah, a, a ton of diving, and it was just local, getting in the water, doing mm-hmm. doing cool dives, exploring. You know the local area. Once a week, they were together. One, one twelve months out of yeah. the year, like yeah, yeah, yeah. weekly. The you know the and the clubs were very, very active in various environments. I mean, they were hitting everything: shipwreck charters. They were hitting some rivers. They were hitting different lakes that are off the beaten path of the local dive. Yeah, yeah, groups. So back in these days, for all of you Utes, you octopus <laughs> diving, long hose using, air mc. Doodle breathing, spare air having divers out there with all these backups everywhere. Back in the 60s, divers, all they needed was one mouthpiece. That was it. And their skill. And and pure guts. And balls of steel. And a J-valve. That's all you need. And a (laughs) J-valve. So uh, there was a technique that's that's no longer really taught in scuba anymore um, called buddy breathing, where you would have two divers sharing one mouthpiece. They claim that at the at the professional level, divers are supposed to learn it. You know, at the at the dive master yeah, instructor level. Gone now, but though. it's I don't even think it's taught in there. And if it is, it's like five minutes of this is how we used to buddy breathe. Yeah, move on. You know, uh, but in reality, I mean, it, it's we still... had to do the the gear exchange buddy breathing. Yeah, you remember yeah. doing that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. But in reality, I mean, it's still a totally legit midwater. Practice, we had to do it know? midwater, totally neutral, in perfect. Trim. We had to do it nude. Well, that's that has nothing to say. <laughs> I don't know who, who that's was your not instructor. My I was going to say, oh, no, I think your instructor was putting one past you there. <laughs> that's not my mouth. That's not my snorkel. <laughs> it is my snorkel, but it's not my snorkel. If you know what I mean. That's so, uh, that's so the buddy, true Air McDoodle. I remember what in my open water class. This is like '89, uh, winter of '89. And uh, I had this, I was, I started the class with my cousin. My cousin, like, Mm. he's, you know, late teens, just out of high school. Yeah. You know, partying with his buddies. He drops out of class because he's like, man, this is getting in the way of party time. (laughs) I got to, I'm back in the books. They're making me read a book again. I just graduated. uh, So uh, I ended up getting buddied up with this old timer dude. Yeah. Who was probably in his early 60s. You know, uh, (laughs) I was waiting for you to go this old timer dude who was probably like in his mid 30s. No, I'm like I'm a little teenager kid, and I get buddied up with this old, old, grizzly, gray-haired, old-timer dude, kind of like me. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's like you, but a little younger. I'm <laughs> really old. <laughs> I was waiting for something. Like but, you, so but we get to the the buddy breathing stage, right? Where we gotta we gotta swim down the pool and back, buddy breathing the whole time. <laughs> we get up, and he just lets out this huge belch. <laughs> right. Because instead of yeah, it was clearing his... clearing the regulator, he drank the he drank the water out of the second stage. What the f- every time every time we switched, yeah, he'd, go, he'd take a gulp because <laughs> yeah. he didn't have any more air left to, to clear the reg. Clear his regulator. So he didn't kept, he know he could per- just to tell me drank the pool, man. Just drank the pool. That's uh. He's dead now, isn't he? <laughs> I remember saying to him, I think you're supposed to blow it out. Was it was it at the caustic? <laughs> Did you do it at caustic? No, this was at the old YWCA over in uh, on that Redford Detroit border there. On Grand River? Yeah, Grand River. It's a YMCA, River. isn't it? It's a YWCA. That's where I took my uh, driver's at. Grand River and uh, I think it's Beach, Beach Daily. Yep, yep, yeah, that's it. I took yeah, my Northwest, driver's at that Northwest corner. Yeah. yeah, Redford, I think it would be. 
All right. So anyways, this old article, uh, which is from the Skin Diver magazine, March 1969 by Don Morrison, is entitled Made Up for Safety. Proper buddy breathing technique can be your lifesaver. Now, he starts off by saying, is, is your buddy breathing technique outdated? Do you follow the advice offered by one authority on diving procedures that each diver takes two breaths and holds on second? Much has been written about buddy breathing in texts and manuals on scuba diving. None has the complete answer or even offers the same methods. Some opinions written by otherwise knowledgeable authors are invitations to a buddy breathing disaster. Did you get your invite to the buddy breathing disaster? (laughs) I heard they're having roast chicken. So Don says that years of experience in diving and instruction of diving, including use of both methods of emergency escape in actual stress situations, have convinced me that proper buddy breathing technique is the safest and most suitable escape. What is proper? Let us analyze a realistic approach to safe buddy breathing, one that incorporates the prevention of air embolism, which can occur in breath-holding methods. After setting the basis of technique, we will examine the equipment needed to facilitate successful buddy breathing. Nice. All right, so Don starts us off with the one-breath exchange. The most expedient breathing rhythm in a buddy breathing ascent is gained in the one breath exchange. Swimming up at the normal 60 feet per minute ascent rate allows the divers to get out of danger quickly. While ascending, the diver with air maintains control of the mouthpiece, helping his buddy without air to place the mouthpiece for easy breathing. Both divers must exhale continuously when not breathing from the regulator. So here they're talking about just, I take Take a breath, you take a breath. I think that, I mean personal experience with buddy breathing that's uh it's a lot of exchanging and it's very busy very busy because the focus here is right what he said meaning just to go up just to go up exactly get out of the water and get out of danger quickly yeah which and you can understand i mean everybody's using a a 50 or maybe a 72 Mm -hmm. um it's the whole focus, especially back in these days, I mean, even up into the, the 90s was whenever whenever there's a problem, your answer is get the hell out of the water. Get to the surface as quickly as possible. Solve it there. And what is the date of that again? 69. So they're probably just using, like you say, they're using the old J-valve. It gets difficult to breathe. You pull your J-valve down. You know you've got a couple hundred PSI to get to the surface. It's time oh, to go less up, than that. Right? So <laughs> you don't really know your exact gas volume right so you're not going to be able to say okay we're going to plan this dive i'm going to keep a third for this and you're not going to do that so when somebody runs out of gas you're probably not going to do what we would do now which is you know i'm going to swim to our exit point you know if you're on a charter you're out in the open ocean right you're going to swim to your upline you're going to go up the upline you're going to share there's a lot more gas playing yeah whereas that is uh we're out of gas we don't know how much we really have uh, let's just go up. We'll take our chances on the surface. And right, because back, back in those days, it was you swam around until you ran out of air. Yeah. You pulled the switch on yes. the J-valve, uh-huh. and then it was time you had to enough come to up. go up. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally, when you pulled the switch, you realized, oh, I, already, I started <laughs> it with the switch down. The switch <laughs> well, that was the downside of the J-valve, right? If you did not make sure that your, your valve was pointing up, you ran into trouble sometimes, or it got accidentally pulled down wherever. 
or you or, got or a joker the, for a buddy, or you got a joker <laughs> for a buddy, or sometimes at the shop, right? Yeah. Uh, the switch wasn't all the way switched in the receiving or it position, work. so when it got filled, yeah. it only got filled to five hundred psi, <laughs> or it got, or it's broke. It's just not yeah. a non-working. Va- you can just pull it back and forth. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't make it more difficult. Terrible idea. Well, it was better than nothing. And the idea of taking a gauge underwater was craziness. It was craziness. An underwater gauge, something that can withstand the pressure. Purging the regulator of water. Buddy teams have sufficient air to exhale the regulator clear on each breathing turn during the single breath exchange. If not, the mouthpiece can be cleared by differential pressure or by purge button, depending if you had an old two-hose regulator or the newer, at this time, single-hose regulators with the purge button mm-hmm. on the front. Now, what he's saying here that uh, you, you like to see is on a normal breath, even at the end of an exhale, yeah, you still something. you still have something in your lungs to clear the volume yeah. of, a, of a even a big honking second stage. Doesn't take that much breath to clear it up. Yeah, and a normal, cool, calm, well-trained diver, well-practiced, well-trained diver. What you run into nowadays is the training isn't as involved. The physical fitness level is definitely not where it had to be back in that day. You're not required to do as much. You're confidence level isn't what it was in that day sure because back then i mean this, this was a you like swam a th- this was like a three-month class and it's pre-bcd not a, not a three week you did not you did not rely on a bcd you relied on your swimming ability and proper weighting that's a huge that's huge as far as and with regard to your comfort level your confidence level that's what they that's one of the biggest differences is you had a great confidence level when you left the class because they put you through the ringer but oh you yeah know. You, well back then like you were going to get water in your face in your mouth up your nose to the point right. where you didn't panic anymore that's it and yeah. th- and then you got certified your mask would Whereas be ripped now, off you, I mean, no. you, you get people leaving open water that if they get a, a drop of water on their cheek they're gone they're right to the surface mm-hmm. Get me out. Mm -hmm. And they're receiving cards. Well, because the agencies have, you know, a lawyer has said that that's okay as long as you teach them that they can blow "Ah!" and go all the way to the surface and drop your weights. Did you teach them how to drop their weights? Did you teach them that you had to blow and go? Did you teach them to pee in their wetsuit first? Yes, exactly. So as long as there's no liability. TGDP. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No liability. <laughs> Remember TGDP. Tanks, gas, defog, pee. pee. Did you pee? Did you? I peed. But yeah, when you have lawyers dictating a class based solely on liability, what are they liable for should the person die? Well, all yeah, they're going to do minimum, is teach these well, weird ass minimum. blow and go, drop your weights and bolt. It's a, well, it's a game of minimum standards. Like yeah. what's, the, what's the least mm-hmm. we can teach them to get and as get, much to money get their from money. them mm-hmm. to, uh, to put them in a cycle of perpetual I need to learn specialty why. Yeah. certification. Why do I not feel comfortable? It's a big common question. You don't feel comfortable because they don't allow the instructors to teach a good class out of the basic course. Diver positioning. Uh, close buddy proximity is a must in diving activities for basic safety reasons. In the event of scuba failure, diving buddies must have prearranged signals to indicate the need for air. An immediate assumption of a face-to-face position and knowledge of which hand is to be used in the mouthpiece exchange is necessary. Position relative to one another is controlled by grasping the shoulder harness of your buddy scuba with the non-exchange hand. Both divers must observe 
direction of swim to prevent collision with obstructions. I mean, those are the things you take into yeah. account. And a lot of that you're going to take into account as well with regular air sharing, right? You're going to want to grasp each other. You're going to want to make sure you're in correct position. And I mean, this this opens up a new conversation about sharing air when I watch regular open water classes teaching uh, sharing air with your regular octo that has yeah it's a little bit longer of a hose but it's not that long that you're comfortable swimming next to each other for any great distance right very very difficult yeah and, and keep in mind here i mean they, they were using a basic probably like a 28 to 30 yes, inch very hose, short hoses right mm-hmm. and it's the only reg that they had so when yeah. they did the exchange that that buddy your face is right next to each you other you had to be face to face you had to have that hand on that mm-hmm. shoulder strap harness otherwise that regulator is going to Pop right uh, out of your mouth. Nice sound effect. <laughs> and you're gonna, right? And you're gonna lose it. Uh-huh. And they were going directly to the surface. A lot of times. And then yeah. as they realized into the 70s and in the 80s when the octopus came about, it was well, this thing's really short. Let's get a little bit more length mm-hmm. on there, so that it, I've got a little bit more leeway to mm-hmm. move around a little bit. But even still, trying to trying to watch, use that watch to a facilitate class. a yeah. swim. Yeah, watch a class. Other than going directly to the surface, that thing's very very difficult to yeah. use. Let alone trying to control your ascent, not mm-hmm. just pop to the surface, pull off a safety stop while doing that air share, mm-hmm. right? And uh, let alone trying to swim 200 feet to, the, to right. the mooring line and go up there rather than directly to the surface. Yeah, the thing is, it is doable. It doesn't look good. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It opens the door for a whole lot of mess to happen. And then throw this into the mix. How many people actually practice it outside of their open water class? Probably very, very few. Right. So you go down to wherever you're diving, your once a year, twice a year trip. You've done it for 10 years. Finally, something happens, and you've got to do this. How well do you think that air share is going to go? And that's an air share. That's not a buddy breathing. So, right, you right. know, that, and that goes, again, back to what we were saying is the level of instruction, the, the time spent, the confidence built. That's gone these days. It's, it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You did the minimum, and here's your card. Now go out and learn to dive. And I don't mean to get, get on my high horse podium again, but there's a big difference from the way that scuba diving was think, taught when I this think, was. Uh, maybe, is, maybe, is your horse on stilts? It's always, I have a pretty goddamn big, high horse. That thing's way up there. <laughs> control of the mouthpiece. The diver with air must control the mouthpiece to prevent it from becoming lost. This control is maintained by grasping it on the front opposite the teeth bits. The diver without air places his receiving hand on top of the supplier's hand. In this manner, he can guide the mouthpiece into his mouth in the shortest possible time. Losing the one hose regulator is possibly more serious since it drops to the side and usually behind you. Since it drops and may fall behind the air supplier's tank where it is difficult to retrieve quickly. So comfort with that hose and comfort with the exchange between the two mm-hmm. people, that was always the difficult part, that, that smoothness of, of the breathing from the one, one person to the next. Right. And knowing where that mouthpiece is going to go. Because on one hand, you know, the diver that's breathing from the second stage is huffing and puffing, gets a couple breaths in, and tries to hurriedly rip it out of the mouth and shove it into the other person's face. Which in reality, that person just wants to receive it so he can feed it to himself. Get a couple breaths, let it go. But then there's that control of that second stage where if it comes out, that mouthpiece is pointing up. It's going to take off into a free flow. So you got to control all of that. Mm -hmm. 
certainly made things difficult, but doable if you were practicing the skill. Right. And, that's... and, and you had time doing it. And then once you left that class and, and partnered up with other people along the way, you revisited that with those new teammates and got good and comfortable with a skill like buddy breathing again. Right. Right, which is the, still valid for divers today. Oh, I think so. By all means, it's uh, you show up. You show up on a on a dive trip. You're going to do a week of diving in some tropical location. Uh, you're by yourself, so you get buddied up with somebody. I mean, everybody's going to go do a shore dive anyways. You know, before the the boats take off you tomorrow, hope so. just to kind of mm-hmm. figure work out, out your the waiting and work out those mm-hmm. bugs. Hey, I'm buddied up with uh, Joe this week. Hey, God damn it! How did I get Joe? <laughs> <laughs> You both you both have those yellow fins. <laughs> I thought the yellow buddies, fins were going to be a step ma- up. The but. dive master matches buddies up based on fin color. Son of a... I've got to run to the shop the, and buy some new fins again. You've got to have every color fin in your, in your bag. Joe. That way... Yeah. Why can't I get buddied up with hot Susie? <laughs> Susie <laughs> has... Hot pink fins. Hot pink fins. I'll go get some hot pink fins. You should. Okay. Okay, game on. Uniform exchange methods. One hose units are more easily exchanged from the supplier's right hand to the receiver's left hand. You mean they're going to exchange uniforms? See, that's what I'm talking about. No, the uniform, these were days the when men were <laughs> a uniformity to uniform, the exchange. Yeah, I know. I'm Harness holding is accomplished by the non-exchange hands, and arm position does not interfere with the exchange. Purging can be accomplished by use of the purge button if necessary. True. So, so getting into that rhythm. Of mm-hmm. you're donating, right? That regulator out of your right hand into my mouth, right? I'm receiving it from that opposite hand and, mm-hmm. and, and helping guide it in. And you, and you said a key word there. It's that rhythm. And, and I remember doing the uh, the gear exchange. And I've done it more than once since doing it in my dive master course. And the whole thing with the buddy breathing and doing that gear exchange midwater is the rhythm. You have to get into the rhythm. And we used to do a count, you know, a five count. You So you take... You'd be breathing the whole time you're counting to five with your fingers as you hold the... You, did you do it that it way? three count. Oh, I did a five count. I'm sorry. Because you're holding on, you're going one. Yeah, I did five. Two. Well, after that, you can't hold on anymore. So it's, it was a three. No, I did five. No, you couldn't have. I could use my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I could have swore we did a five. No, no, anyway, no, okay, three count. Three. So you did three count. What, but, yeah, you're but right. Yeah, you're but right. Here's, yeah. The, here's the problem that, that these guys get really, really anxious about in this class right the dive masters trade secret uh, yeah <laughs> dive master candidates out there is <laughs> the the count isn't the big right. thing right mm-hmm. because there's going to be time when you got the big exchange you might of, miss I gotta get the whole yeah. entire you might heart, miss the whole breath gotta get the whole entire bcd off or you're mm-hmm. struggling with you're struggling with the fin right because right. you got those goofy buckles on your fins you can't uh dis dumbass disconnect fins. that yeah little uh snappy thing well Okay, so the the breath runs into the four or the five, and then you four, and you, then you yeah. get back into the rhythm again mm-hmm. as needed. You can't focus so much on turning into a wrestling mm-hmm. match because you're so focused on the breathing. You got to have that fluid dynamic between the mm-hmm. two divers to be able to read each other. The problem is everybody gets in and they're so focused on just themselves, they don't have that rhythm at all yet, mm-hmm. and that's why it goes to hell. Is they're, they're trying to rush through it all because they want right. to get that damn thing done yes. as fast as possible. And they've never set up a breathing and, pattern. Well, and that's the whole key is it's all cool, calm, and collected. It reminds me in commercial school, we used to play a game called Musical uh, musical Bottles. So what it was is you start out, you have 10 divers and nine bottles with regs, right? No no octopi. We, we In commercial school, there's no BCDs. It's you strap on a harness 
and you go down diving. And you, that's how you learned. It was two weeks of a course, eight, de- eight hours a day. The whole first week was basically swimming laps. Very little underwater work. Swimming, swimming, swimming every day. I was drinking those little bears of honey from swimming so much. And then at the end of the course, you've done all your skill. Every, so at the, uh, the very end, you know, you're just screwing around. The instructors did this thing, musical bottles. So uh, 10 divers, nine bottles. And when the, the instructor, you know, does his hand, you have to stop swimming around and you can grab a rag. And there's, always, there's one more diver than a rag in the beginning. And they'll see people buddy breathing you know, with right, one person right. and they'll see how long they can handle. They can handle for a while. They take out a rag. They take out a bottle. So now you've got 10 divers and eight bottles. It might go down to 10 divers and four bottles or three bottles. And then you start seeing the divers pop up because yeah, nobody yeah, can no. hold it. And pretty soon, you you know, we had it down to like, I don't know, five divers in a bottle. We were just passing it around and they just keep going a little bit longer with the buddy breathing and see how long somebody can do it. But we did it. I mean, that would take like an hour. This, this oh whole, yeah, I bet. I and it bet. was, but it was fun. It was a great confidence builder, and uh, you learned buddy breathing. Very the rhythm. You get the rhythm. You're like, okay, so you take your breath. As long as somebody doesn't make and me hold my breath yeah. for two minutes, and the rhythm's going to change yeah. based off. I've got two to, two people breathing off a second stage yeah. versus five. Now you should be able to hold your your breath for a minute. I think every diver should pretty much, at least if you can't in the beginning, you should work towards it. A minute, I don't think is out of the question no, for a competent no. diet. And, and if you, I mean, it sounds it sounds ridiculous like a lot, yeah. to, to somebody who's but you never practice. tried. Yeah, because most people, they try holding their breath. If, if they can make it 20 seconds, they're like, oh, my God, I can't. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> but after, I mean, practicing, practicing. It, mm-hmm. again and again for five minutes straight, mm-hmm. right, in five minutes, you can take that 20 seconds and to 45 to a, yes. to a minute mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty easily. You'll find it's all in your head, and it's all cool and calm and collected. But... That was something we used to do. That's along those lines, getting that rhythm, teaching that rhythm and that that calm head. And it builds confidence. You know, how how much more confident are you going to be should somebody run out of gas and you're like, well, I know I can hold my breath for a minute. I'm at 40 feet, you know, 30 feet per minute. I can go up. I'm good. Right. You know, I the, the confidence feeling goes way up. And thus the comfort, thus the enjoyment, and thus, therefore... Ergo, well, you, by virtue a, of its method, it excludes the basic laws. Well, of we, we, we should uh, throw a caveat in there to to a lot of new divers who have been really, really brainwashed with the rule of you can never hold your breath, breath yeah. while scuba diving, which is a falsehood, right? The the real that's a lawyerhood. I call yeah, it a lawyerhood. The, the, the real rule is you can never hold your breath while you're ascending. Ascending, yes. But you can certainly hold your breath if you're at the same depth. The 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 thing is, they don't teach buoyancy control well enough that they can be sure that the diver knows that they're ascending or not. Right? They just let's right. teach them to the bare yep, minimums. Yep. And again, I hate Agreed. to get on my high horse, my podium, and slam the industry, but I think most divers that have been diving as long as we have would probably agree with us that the standards have decreased so much that it's detrimental to the diver's enjoyment. You know, yeah, I, I get it. They want to bring in as many divers as possible. Oh, yeah. They want to make money. Yeah, they've eased they eased it up. They've eased the, the likelihood, just even like on the dive tables, to, to prevent. To, I, yeah, they, they don't think know, people yeah, are too stupid. They've gone from a, a 25 no decompression limit at 100 feet that's, uh, you know, basically 16 minutes now on most of these new computers. Yeah. So they've cut the, the, the load time down to, to reduce the likelihood that if there was an issue. 
you know, and you did lose buoyancy, went to the surface. Well, he doesn't have as big of a load, so he's not running as close to that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, critical tension line to begin with. But anyways, let's uh, talk back about, to- back to this article, mating up for safety. One hose regulator clearing by the XL method is a matter of replacing the mouthpiece and blowing the water out. You may look up slightly or straight at your buddy, depending on the brand of regulator you are using. Remember to place the demand stage in your mouth right side up, as most single hose regulators can't be completely purged of water while inverted. Now, I can't tell you how many times I see experienced, Mm -hmm. certified divers come into a rescue class. And it's the overwhelming majority, and I'm talking like in the 90 percentile, that have not used an alternate air source since the day they left their open water mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And then you see them deploy it, and I, I would say the majority of the time is it goes into a mouth upside down. Mm-hmm. Because it's just natural and convenient just to well, throw it. Right. And you're watching the deploy. And I, what I like to do with people is just throw, I throw, I'm an out of air sign out of the blue. But I don't, I don't do it, you know, lackadaisical. I, in real life, is somebody going to come up to you and go, hey, man, hey, when, I'm when, out you get a, when you get a minute, <laughs> when you get a minute yeah. uh, and you can find it convenient, yeah. could you deploy your alternate air source right. and, uh, and, and give me and some? Make sure you get it out from under your arm there and then and give it to me nicely. <laughs> no, I go up. With a little cupcake on top of it. The other thing is when, you, when someone's out of gas, they're not going to stand, or I shouldn't say stand, they're not going to sit in the water 10 or 15 feet away from you and wave their hand lightly across their neck. And ask they're going to sw- be swimming at you wide-eyed, arm fl- ah, coming at you. So I in try a, to... In a collision. Yeah, and I try to scare the... Like, ah, out of the blue, we're just swimming along, and I go, ah, and start grabbing <laughs> and see what happens. And sure enough, it's just like you say... They are pee, fumbling. They, they pee their wetsuit and They're, shoot to yeah. the surface because they don't want any part of that. Exactly. They're fumbling for their alternate air source, first of all, because well, they've never grabbed for it. Well, we, we joke, but I mean, often that is the case is it, it, it sends them into like a, oh, holy yeah, shit, yeah. you get to the surface. Yeah. And then, uh, well, you realize you just killed me. Well, here's what usually happens is <laughs> I'll come out of the blue. Down and we'll, we'll try ah, this again. I'm out of gas. And they'll fumble around. And after about 15 seconds of fumbling around, I just go, I give them the cut sign. And I shoot myself in the face. I'm dead. I'm dead. I, I pretend I do the, I do like, I close my eyes and I, I do the death, <laughs> you do the, I, I do the death <laughs> roll and I just start drifting. <laughs> they I, just I, look at you like, I, I, I hang my tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like fall and they look at me and I'm like, you killed me. You just killed they, me. They still don't. Yeah. A lot of them don't. Some of them are like, oh well, they my go, gosh. They give I a genuine, I'm sorry sometimes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, just don't okay. let it happen again. Okay, but you realize we got to fix this. Yeah. Before we're done, we got to yeah. fix this reaction. It oh, can't yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. It can't be fumbling <laughs> around. Where's this? And I, I like to wait to, you know, to their. I know their alternate air sources behind them, floating behind, dragging through the mud. They've never tried it before. I had a guy backpedal like. I was coming up to him with the out of air. He like does the, the whoa, big hands fella. Up, hands up, whoa, 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 starts back. I'm, like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Right, and I'm coming in, and he kicks me in the chest. Like I don't have time. To, I gotta See, get my bearings together first. Bruce Lee underwater. He Bruce Lee, nice. Yeah, yeah. He Bruce Lee, you mother. <laughs> I'm gonna give him the two inch punch. He's ready. Half inch punch. The one inch punch. The one inch punch. Equipment maintenance. 
proper maintenance of non-return valves in the mouthpiece of both two-hose and single-hose regulators ensures correct clearing and safe buddy breathing procedures. This may be accomplished by periodic disassembly of the mouthpiece, inspection for curled or deteriorating non-return valves, and drying the device by allowing it to hang in a dark, cool closet for two days. (laughs) Really? Not one. Two days. I never, I never. Not 36 hours. I always, I always had, you know, keep it out of the sun because for those that don't know, the sunlight does deteriorate the rubber, any rubber parts you've got. I know silicone might be a little resistant to it, but it still will rot it. It still rots it out in sun. Yeah, especially that older, especially that older rubber. The sun is bad, but all good points. You don't want to get a wet breath when you're out of gas, right? You don't want to be breathing in water. So you got to make sure those those non-return valves, those little flapper discs, they have them, you know, on, on single hose as well as the double hose rags. They sometimes curl, they sometimes rot, and sometimes they get dirt in them, especially if you are dragging your shit through the mud as you swim, as we see so many alternate air source people that don't wear oh, man, I should. We should put a gallery on the website of, yeah, of photos, I've, of shit, photos I've taken from service mm-hmm. and gear of just second stages full of... A minute amount of silicon lubricant will prolong the life of non-returns and other neoprene parts of the hoses and mouthpiece. Okay, so uh, he closes up talking about uh, equipment modification. Any regulator featuring a neck strap should be modified by removal of the neck strap. The neck strap is a hazard to quick buddy breathing or removal of the scuba unit. Tests have been conducted which show conclusively a diver with a neck strap cannot unsnap it and assume buddy breathing in a safe time span. Modern neck straps feature a large tab with a metal or plastic snap. Divers under stress have difficulty in locating even the large tab, and then many have trouble unsnapping the quick-release snap. It is my strong recommendation that, except for specialized applications, the neck strap be eliminated as a safety hazard. Now, what they're talking about yes. there is in the, in the 60s, the, uh, the second stage had a rubber strap that went around the neck. So you wouldn't lose of, it. So yeah. you wouldn't lose it. And a lot of divers see you know, the, the long hose with necklace mm-hmm. um, configuration, which is similar but it's different. Di- but it's different, and that needs to be addressed. That it is a completely different system. Number one, this was the only regulator that they were using, and right? It, and it was strapped in place so that you didn't accidentally lose it. But then they realized, oh well, it doesn't in an help air share buddy breathing. Yeah, yeah. And in an air share, this makes it actually more difficult. That's mm-hmm. why they put the snap on, so I could unsnap it. But, but so many people had problems mm-hmm. with the snap, and I mean, we've all had a snap on a bag or something that you've just yeah. fumbled with yeah. on yeah. land. Try for, to for do it minutes. in an emergency. To, yeah. yeah, now try to do it underwater in an emergency, not drift apart from uh, your, right. your partner you're trying to to help. Yeah, so it was bad news compared to wearing of a necklace with a with a bungee, bungee. necklace mm-hmm. that really if you you could just you can pull it out rip right, right out yeah, is, is how it should be routed and, mm-hmm. and, and held together so you could pull it out if you needed to but you don't but, but really why you, would you pull that necklace donating out? the long hose mm-hmm. so you don't really need to worry about that so it's a different type of a neck strap that they're talking about from what they were talking about on a single hose regulator yes. back in 69 and you know you should point out too that that's one of the reasons that you wear a necklace with the long hose is that in an air share when someone's out of gas, they're usually going to go for a regulator that they see you breathing. 
they're going to go for the first regulator they see and one that works. You know it works because you're breathing on it. Right, absolutely. So they're going to grab out of your mouth. And if you've ever been in any kind of circumstance where somebody runs out of gas or feels as if they're running out of gas, they don't go searching for your octo. They grab what's in your mouth. They grab out of your mouth. They take your mask a lot of times as well. They just grab. So Are you, are you saying a panicking Oliver Diver who thinks he's about to die is not cool. clear-headed and polite <laughs> and very just, respectful of my, yeah, my regulators? Exactly. I'm just trying to point that out. Are you saying out. that I should always plan for the worst-case scenario in an emergency like that? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it. I'm just alluding to it. I'm kind of inferring it, but I, I don't want to tell anyone how to dive. with an arrow flashing <laughs> at the side of and my BCD pocket saying, Octo don't, here, Octo mm-hmm. here. They're not, you're saying that they're not going to go for that obvious not. sign? They may not, especially if they've, they've never had to do it since their open water class 10 years ago. So, again... Be proactive. That's the whole idea behind the long hose. And not to get off on the long hose tangent, but it, it is relevant to this discussion as to, you know, you air sharing, buddy breathing. You give the one that's working. You want to go yeah. to your backup. You know where it's at. It's strapped at your neck. You're not going to be fumbling around for it. Oh, it might be dragging behind me because it fell out of that silly little octo holder, which there's 10 million of them out there in the market, and none of them work well. Here's the thing. If they work well, they work too well. I mean, if they're holding it in place all the time, they're going to be hard to pull it out. <laughs> right. And if it's easy to pull out, it it's going out. to pull out when you don't want it to. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you dive, are you aware of the abilities of your diving companion? Can he help you out in an emergency? Can he buddy breathe correctly? Can you? I, I can. Interesting you, questions. like asked back in 1969 by good old Don Morrison. Thanks, Don. That are relevant today, right? When you're diving, are you truly aware of your abilities of yourself as well as your diving companion? Or you just get buddied up, mm-hmm. they've got an octo on, I've got they some sort the of... They, they got it all on, so we're good to go. We're They're biped mammals, so we share that, and they share the gear. Nobody checks equipment. Nobody checks skills. Nobody checks... Yeah, can you buddy breathe correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. How tough you know, can you, it be? Yeah, you pull the thing out, you shove it, and you, you come to the surface. <laughs> you pull the thing out, you shove it, you come up. <laughs> All right, so we finish up this article. Uh, Don says, safe diving begins with a desire to be a safe diver, learning the skills of diving and then practicing what has been learned. Diving, as often as possible, helps keep the diver in tune for diving. By adhering to a strict buddy team discipline and taking proper care of your equipment, following the established safety patterns, and using your common sense, no emergency should be too great for the skilled, trained buddy breather. True. It's just like anything else, though, James. It's, uh, you, if you practice it, it's not a big deal. These are not, you know, it's not brain science or rocket surgery. It's none of that. It's pretty easy stuff. As long as you've practiced it, you've been introduced to the correct way to do it. You practice it correctly and do it semi-often. You know, at least check yourself on it every once in a while. Right. Diving as often as possible helps keep the diver in tune for diving, right? It's, right. And, and, by the, and by the way, diving once a year for three to five days is not being in tune for diving. No, not by any means. You know, the, the last day of your trip, you're finally getting into the rhythm. Yes. And then... Yeah, the gear's got to dry so I can fly home tomorrow. Well, I dive a couple times a week, uh, you know, when I'm diving a lot. And at the very minimum, it's probably once a week. And then 
when I go to a, a place like we go down to Florida, that first dive is like to me, it's a blow off dive. I'm just working my yeah, you're working still, my bugs yeah, out. You know, and I feel comfortable. I yeah, look okay, but I'm still change of environment, yeah. change of equipment mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, uh, change, yeah, going from all that crap on to yeah, going a single from, tank in a wet. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you, you you get into the groove. Yes, exactly. And you dive accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I so that's what I mean. Even even myself as a what I like to consider a semi-active diver, I still taking a dive out, you know, at least one dive that's just working bugs out, especially with photos too. I like the first dive photos are just throw outs. Anyway, it goes back to dive often, get back in the water, practice. Yeah, for sure. The, um, the practice being key and you'd like to see, I'd like to see more divers out there getting back into making diving a mainstay of what they do, you know, uh, as a, as becoming a diver, you know, they're out doing just fun little local mm-hmm. practice, getting the water dives, gearing up for those big fun trips rather than the big fun trip is the diving the practice, that they do. Yeah. Right? That is the diving that they do. It's the practice and the dive, yeah. No, you're 100% right. The other side of that, though, too, is it becomes something they really enjoyed. It's The practice is the diving is the practice. It's a cycle, you know. You're like, well, I'm always diving, so it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah, yeah no, he, he finishes, like, the, that last sentence finishes off again saying, no emergency should be too great for the skilled, trained buddy breather right meaning yeah there is really one major emergency underwater and that's somebody can't breathe mm-hmm. but once we get them breathing we got to realize that that, that skill is not over right that's just yeah, the beginning to, right we mm-hmm. now we got to manage exit the water yeah mm-hmm. manage that exit you know do we do it here do we swim over to an upline uh what do we have to do for the, the rate of ascent do we have the gas to pull off the whole thing right yeah. so there's a lot more goes into it than just shoving a piece of uh, plastic with a demand valve mm-hmm. uh, and, and a mouthpiece mouth, yeah. you know, into somebody's face and, and arriving at the surface. Yeah, by all means. I mean, going up open water in the mid-ocean or the Great Lakes is always more risky than getting to the upline, coming up on a, a reference line where the boat is going to be looking for you. So knowing that that is the case, that only happens when you're practiced. When you do it cool and calm and collected and you have a plan already versus what they were talking about, which is slam it in their mouth. We each one breath and we switch and we go up. Well, that opens the door to other things going. Right. On, absolutely. Right. right. And uh, like, like what you just mentioned, like just shooting to the surface in open water out in the Great Lakes it's or in the ocean. Idea. Not a great idea at all. You know, it, it you know, especially nowadays, you know, at, at least the industry's coming around to the knowledge of the deployable SMB. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, cause you come up, uh, like where we were, you know, uh, you know, down a Pompano recently with those big waves. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're you not going to see your little if you head were to come up like way off target. Well, even a hundred, a hundred feet away. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be tough to be seen. Yeah. yeah. And then you come up like someplace like Cozumel, like if you have an air sharing emergency mm-hmm. in Cozumel, there's 200 boats just zipping on by yeah. right? to, to shove a regulator in your mouth and just arrive at the surface yeah. alive to get run over by 15 boats in yeah. the course of 30 seconds. I'm not any better, right? So to be able to deploy, get somebody breathing, have your buoyancy in check, be squared away, deploy a marker that lets the surface know there's a diver coming up mm-hmm. here and uh, we need to be aware so yeah. that you're safe once you get there, let alone when you're in the middle of a shipping channel the great lakes or you got a strong wind and a strong surface current that's going to blow you miles away in the course of 10 15 20 minutes floating at the surface yeah 
I agree. That's well, I mean, all good points. That's, that's what we're talking about is being prepared. So I don't know. I don't know what else I can say about that. It's, yeah. So this uh, was a this was a cool little find from the olden days in uh, you know hunting through the old skin diver collection. But these old magazines are uh, they're great for some old uh, old cool interesting uh, updates. Um, yeah. You know, or or good talking you know, recollection of, yeah. of how things were and the focus and attention to detail back then. Yeah, you know, although, you know, I keep talking like, oh, the good old days, you know. But to quote Billy Joel, the good old days weren't always great and tomorrow's not as bad as it seems. So with that being said, there was something to be said for the confidence level built into the classes because they really put you through a hard, tough class. On the other hand, there weren't as many divers. You weren't able to spread the word as much. Sure. So there's got to be a balance, yeah, in my humble opinion. Yeah, have done a great yeah. job at that, of, of building yeah. a larger community, getting a, a much larger number of people diving. That's all fantastic. I agree. It just it's has just, to be I, safe, man. Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think the issue that, that, that I have with it is you walk out of an open water class today mm-hmm. with the assumption that... You're ready. I'm ready to go. When yeah. in reality, it's you're a 30 foot diver, yes. and you need to get bingo a, a lot of experience before you start pushing into extended depth. Right, and 60, 80, and 100 feet is not for the weekend after you got your open water certification. Thank you. Yeah, and the I mean the other thing I like to say is people go, you know, they quote the stats t- to me, which is all fine and dandy. Yes, the stats are the very good stats in the sense of very few people are dying diving. It's very forgiving, but the stats don't really they, they're not helpful if that's your wife that died or your husband or your kid and you're trying to tell me the stats. Sure. And, when and the, they the, didn't have to. Yeah, and the stat picks up the fatality. It doesn't pick up the thousands was, of near misses. Yes, that, uh, that never that, get reported. Well, and that's what I say about stats anyway. You know, they cite them all over the place, but you can make a stat say whatever you want it to say, you know. Whatever you whatever your, your point you're trying to make, you can recite some silly-ass stat and it'll make your point for you because... What is it? What's the old saying? There are big, bold lies, little white lies, and stats. That's Man, the saying. The, you got all the. I've got a lot of sayings, but you got all the sayings today. I got a whole. There's a whole uh, like attic up here in my noggin. Uh, that's that's the only one I dust. It's the old saying. My <laughs> attic. All the other ones are all dusty. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. On that note, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Then. Hey, hey mate. mate. Let's sign these logbooks. Mighty. Okay, let me sign that one. Uh, let, what can I write today? I got to think of something new to write besides get well soon. Get well soon. Always sunny. It can't always be sunny. No. Um, may your ocean come up to meet you before an hour before the devil knows you're gone. How's that? <laughs> that makes absolutely Beautiful. no sense, but that's, that's great. That's... It's a combination of uh, several. Get off my boat. Wishes and sayings. <laughs> okay, let me sign this damn book. Get well soon. Love, Sammy. Sign oh, yeah. it. Okay, let me do it. Thanks for shoving your thing in my <laughs> mouth <laughs> and bringing me up. Okay, yep. guys. Uh, Till next week, we're gonna get back. We're, we're working out a couple of big things for you. So, um, so hope you enjoy these uh, little ones. Hey. Rate and review us on iTunes. Come on, what are you doing? I know you're listening. Take three minutes. It's less than it's going to take you on a safety stop for crying out loud. Come on now, get God on damn there. It. Get on iTunes. Make a little rating, five stars. Put a little review. Like these dudes are awesome. These lots of knowledge. Suck. These dudes suck. Speak from the heart and um, get over there on our Patreon. <laughs> Speak from Send the heart, us, uh, but just say good things from the heart. 
it over on our Patreon. Support us over there. Uh, after uh, Brando gets back from uh, Madagascar, we're going to get some fun plans for, uh, for the Patreon stuff. We got to support this somehow. Yeah, we do. Our wives are getting pretty. I don't think there was any shortage of our from our last Friday night out. There was no shortage of little oh, they, they jibs kinda, they and kinda, jabs. They kind of tag teamed against us yeah. there for a little while. It's tough being on the anti. It's tough when you know the bank account doesn't say that doesn't reflect the enthusiasm. You know when the bank account. It's, it's just the beginning. Yeah, just the beginning. We try friend. to tell her. But yeah, yeah. 